आई वी एम वेलकम टू एब्सोल्युटली राइट आई एम योर होस्ट अदिति सुराना आर गेस्ट टुडे इज वन ऑफ द रेडियो जॉकीज आई यूज टू स्टडी बैक इन 2006 व्हेन आई वाज प्रिपेयरिंग फॉर माय वेरी फर्स्ट रेडियो शो ऋषिकेश कानन पॉपुलरली नोन एज ऋषिके इज अ प्रोड्यूसर एंड प्रेजेंटर ऑन रेडियो वंस प्राइम टाइम शो गुड मॉर्निंग मुंबई ही इज आल्सो अ पॉडकास्टर एंड एन एंकर on some online platforms like moneycontrol.com with his bi-weekly show Investocast with Rishikesh besides being a multiple Promax and Rapa award winner for best radio jockey and best radio program he is also the national training director for Radio 1 on this episode of absolutely right we speak about what made Rishikesh fall in love with the audio medium what did he learn when he failed at his most promising opportunity and what can you do to break your repetitive patterns that are driving you crazy making you frustrated a novelist zeri smith once said every moment happens twice inside and outside and they are two different histories in today's earnest and vulnerable conversation rishike opens the doors for us to introspect our own personal histories I can't wait to start. He will join us on the other side of the short break. Stay tuned. Hello everybody. Welcome to another week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money. Some really fun guests on the network this week. Cyrus welcomed Dia Mirza to come and have a conversation about all kinds of different things. Danny Morrison was on Edges and Sledges, the cricket podcast. If you haven't heard that, that's always a fun listen. And Raul Subramanian was on Football Should Ball to grow their ever more exciting list of guests. And it's not just that. Ramantra Mug, the old friend of ours, was on Advertising Is Dead. Manu Palai was on the Filter Poppy podcast. It's been one great guest after the other. And with that, let's get you on with your show. Hi Rishikesh thank you so much for being on the show I am so excited to have you and I must before we even talk about uh, anything I want to talk about your handwriting and when you created the sample you wrote your favorite poetry or I think lyrics of a song what is it about like please tell us Well you know uh, this is an artist called Sting and he's he's very interesting because musicians normally only concentrate on the music uh, when they're in studio making music and it's about the song but he's actually a poet his real name is gordon sumner and he used to he used to actually teach grammar at an english school in the united kingdom before he became a full-fledged musician and he grew up in um, in newcastle which is uh, you know the you know it is a shipping town and his father used to used to be a ship builder they used to make these big big ships and he started writing these poems so then he takes those poems and he makes them into into music at least this particular album of his called the soul cages and this is really one of my favorite uh, poems from that it's called the soul cages you know and he likens his soul being caged uh he likens his soul being caged to to that of a shipbuilder in a shipyard and he talks about uh, how you know sometimes you never grow up you're always a boy child and you know sometimes you're locked in a fisherman's yard and in the night when there's a bloodless moon where the oceans die which is when the oceans come you know how the waves come and then they just crash on the shore huh? and a shoal of night stars now normally it's a shoal of fish but you look up into the sky and you see a shoal of night stars hang fire in the midst uh, midst in the chaos of cages where the crayfish lie so you know the crayfish are caught in cages and uh, and you know uh, there's a lot of chaos there and then this boy child looks for the fisherman and he says where is the fisherman where is the goat where is the keeper in his carrier coat carrier coat and then it goes on so uh, yeah i mean I, i like it i mean that's one of the poems i like another one that he wrote was um it takes more than combat gear to make a man it takes more than a license for a gun confront your enemies avoid them when you can a gentleman will walk but never run it's it's a, it's one uh, which he wrote called englishman in new york so i could go on and on about it so that's the first thing that came to my mind his poetry stings poetry and i wrote that down and then you said uh, you know i should write another piece which is just what i was doing in the middle of a working day and you know that's the chaos of a working day 
So as a handwriting sample, we cannot take something that you already remember. It has to be spontaneous, something that comes in in the moment. It could be mundane, it could be really meaningless, but it has to be uh, unplanned, unprepared kind of a uh, you know sample. Sure. But for a moment, when you're talking about the poetry, I felt as if I'm listening to a show, Rishiki. So it was like <laughs> so interesting, just like you know. The voice can really transform you, and and you master it. So, how did this happen? How did this whole journey begin for you? Well, you know, uh, it's one of those things. I could call it karmic, and also the fact that I was willing to give new things a chance, and that's something that continues to the day. Um, I was doing a lots of theater during my school days, yeah. and uh, wanted to continue in that vein in college. If you ask me. Uh, what i would do if i wasn't doing or had the radio career or the audio podcasting or voice over career that i have right now yeah. i would have gone to the national school of drama and trained to be a theater actor because that was my love for the stage but uh, parallelly ran my passion for music i was the mixtape guy in school okay you know so if a guy wanted to impress a girl wanted uh, love songs he'd come to me if a girl uh, wanted you know to understand Uh, you know what the latest rock hits are i'd make her a tape nice and then when i came into my first year of college and i passed out of 12th standard yeah. i was still working in a theater group and one of the guys in the theater group said look here uh, and mind you this was the mid 90s right there was no private radio private radio in its truest form came into this country only in the early uh, 2000s right. before that there was a government radio station which is all india radio fm and on that um there were a few people who were renting hours from the government okay. so the times of india rented a few hours and on the same 107.1 in bombay and 102.6 in delhi they used to run a few hours and called it times fm and the midday bought a few hours and called it radio midday okay. so you'd actually on the same channel when the jingle used to change you used to presume the general channel has changed right yeah and uh, this friend of mine said you know why don't you just go and give it a shot and believe believe it or not at that time i said radio i mean why would i do that who, who listens to the radio right. which is quite blasphemous if you ask me now <laughs> you know but i did you know that maybe that's the uh, i wouldn't say the arrogance of youth but uh, you know not knowing too much of course i already always heard my mother talking about amin siani and the geet mala and right. uh, you know a previous generation that grew up on, on, on yeah on radio but for uh, for a 90s generation kid uh, it, it didn't mean anything you know but then when i walked into that studio for an audition and they had asked me to write a few patches uh, aditi mm-hmm. they had said you know uh, write a 90 second talk section on current affairs write a 90 second uh, talk section on a fake phone call write a 90 second talk section on a fake interview with a celebrity okay um and i wrote that and i said yeah you know this seems easy enough Yeah. and i put on those headphones in that studio and they had also given me some songs to play right. you know uh and i i i i i sat there on that chair with my headphones on in front of the mic and i tell you it was like falling in love for the first time it was like wow. being swept off my feet oh, absolutely my being swept off oh, my, my feet God. because here was something that combined the performing arts right. which is theater right and music and uh, you know i was getting to do that and impact people's lives and believe it or not at that time for a 17 year old kid yeah it was fabulous to be told you're going to get paid 500 rupees a program oh. <laughs> 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 but those days it was a massive thing so i was like dude i'm on for this let's do this you know so that's how it all started and then uh, you know i i i worked uh, for like i said a private player was renting from the government then right. Uh, the information broadcasting ministry turned around and said uh, you know this landlord tenant kind of arrangement can't continue anymore they uh, you know asked the private guys to stop broadcasting and then it went back to being all india radio right people lost their jobs or moved to other professions but i said i want to continue doing radio so i went and worked at akashwani uh, wow. in, in okay. churchgate okay you know um, because i said you know i i i can't see myself doing anything else and i did and i continued working in the radio and then of course private radio came the government floated tenders and then for the last uh, yeah couple of decades and more it uh, it's been smooth sailing 
So, I mean, smooth sailing on the whole, if you look at the project, the the macro picture, but of course, there are challenges every day, as you would know, Aditi. Of course. So, you now uh, head the training department and you actually train new RJs and, you know, teach them this new language. So, how is this? Like, now this role, you must be realizing their anxieties and their journeys and their inhibitions to approach this medium, isn't it? You know something, I was one of the earliest people who believed in academia. Right. Uh, let me give you a classic example. So I finish college mm-hmm. and then um, I come from a, a, a very straight-jacketed Tam Bram family. You know, the, in my family, there were always people who were highly educated, you know, doctors, research yeah. professionals, engineers, lawyers, civil servants. You know, if you got your PhD, you were considered normal. <laughs> And obviously, it was a bit of a trudge for my parents at the time. Of course, you know, subsequently, they're incredibly proud with everything that I've achieved right, right now. But you must understand that for a for a kid starting off in the mid-90s, when he goes up to his parents and says, you know, this is what I want to do, their first reaction was, what? You want to become an announcer? Because there, was not, <laughs> there wasn't even a term called radio jockey. All this RJ and radio jockey are very recent phenomena. <laughs> Back in the day, a radio presenter was known as as a as an announcer. You know, now you think of an announcer as like platform number Falani Gadi You know, but radio presenters were also known as announcers, and they were like, "You want to be an announcer?" And I was like, "No, no, you know, it's called radio jockey or radio host." Yeah. So then my my father said one thing. He said, "You know, uh, I'm I'm sure they must have been incredibly worried. Like I said, you know, they didn't know better." Yeah. And they have nothing to do with the media at all. You know, my mother uh, was a BSc, MSc, B.Ed., uh, spent some time uh, teaching. Then she subsequently did a diploma in small-scale industries, diploma in large-scale industries, and then became a director of Conf- the CII, Confederation of Indian Industry. Wow. My dad was an engineer, then, you know, uh, uh, went to business school, and then eventually uh, retired uh, at the CEO level at L&T, Larsen Tubro Limited, which is a Danish engineering company. Mm-hmm. And here was a kid who said that, you know, I, I want to do nothing like, I want to be nothing like what you guys are professionally. You know, I, I want to imbibe your personal values. But professionally, I want to just do my own thing. And, what have become an and, my, dad, and my dad said to me, you know, for, after a lot of friction, he said, at least go and study further. Okay. So... I, I write the entrance exam for the Xavier's Institute of Communications here in, in Dovita Laos and Xavier's College. And I get into a program, which is film, television, radio program, mm-hmm. uh, which is a master's in film and television uh, and production. Right. I top that class. And this is after my, and immediately after I finish my post-graduation, I'm called back as faculty at St. Xavier's College. Wow. That was, wow. A, I was a, that was a big matter of pride for my parents. Oh, so uh, while I was working, uh, you know, I used to present programs from Monday to, f- to Friday. And then on Saturdays, I used to go and lecture, do workshops uh, for not just postgraduate students, where I used to take radio classes. I also did a, a 12-week uh, program called ABCD, which is Announcing, Broadcasting, Comparing, Dubbing, mm-hmm. where anybody could enroll, whether it was, uh, you know, irrespective mm-hmm. of your background. Okay. And so, this. Yeah, so I, I got into academia very, very early and, you know, uh, I remember Father Myron, who was who, who hired me at the time, or insisted that I come back and be part of the faculty. Would always say that you've got to give back whatever you've learned; otherwise, the cycle is incomplete. So, what I'm doing right now is just an extension of that. Unfortunately, I couldn't continue teaching at Xavier's mm-hmm. uh, because uh, my work from a five-day job has turned out to be a seven-day job. Really? Uh, you know, and uh, I'm not able to to do that, but I'm still imparting as much as I can wherever I am, you know, because like I said, I believe that if you do not uh, disseminate or if you do not help other people with the information that you have, the circle is incomplete. So it's just an extension of what I started, you know, as a student just out of postgraduate uh, college teaching. Shike, uh, this is a wonderful journey of like really exploring something that nobody knew and nobody in a way believed in when you saw it, saw the truth for yourself. I'm looking at your writing and, you know, my, my question to you, what would you like me to talk about yourself or your personality looking at your strokes? 
Logically, I just ask you to uh, tell me about my future. <laughs> But that is not allowed. <laughs> yeah, not allowed at all. One thing that we cannot talk about based on handwriting is future predictions. So correct, correct. Like no, no, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. You know, because uh, there is Jyotish Vidya in astrology, and there is you know uh, handwriting analysis, mm-hmm. and I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, I just I'd like you to talk about me based on on the handwriting. and then if i have any questions i will ask you so please go ahead so first thing that comes to my mind when i look at your writing is this constant need to upgrade yourself every time you reach a point or area where you feel you have understood something you have uh, got your head around it you really really figured your way out of that problem the next thing you want to do is take it to the next level take it to the uh, you know what can i do how can i break this boundary and people find it really disconcerting because for them they wonder oh we reached here after so long after putting all these efforts why can't you just take a break and breathe so rishike why can't you just breathe like what is this obsession about like figuring out new challenges all the time you know there was a time when life um uh, 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 made me pause mm-hmm. and i got into this whole phase of of meditation and dhyan and i took a pause mm-hmm. i actually uh, did a bit of art of living then i went for vipassana a couple of times yeah. uh, i started reading a lot of books uh, from uh, chinmayanand ji as well as eckhart tool who is a, a western philosopher uh, my father helped because he had an amazing collection of spirituality as well as uh, uh, you know knowledge Uh, of of this side of this sphere of life right and uh, I, i was heavily into meditating and uh, you know dhyan and things like that but you know i've realized that uh, you know uh, that for me uh, it is being a karma yogi there are different types of yogis in this world right all of us are yogis even you have that potential i have that potential yeah everybody who's listening to this has a potential it doesn't mean you have to be a sadhu sant mahatma sure. but you know there is there are people who indulge in dhyan yog which is you know kisi cheez pe dhyan karna there are people who enjoy indulge in bhakti yog right kehte na ki meera ji krishna krishna keh ke khud hi krishna ban gayi and devotion is a part devotion. of those people true which is bhakti yog and some people do hatha yog they exercise they do physical yog and some people are just you know karma yogis right. and they are happiest when they're just working right I'm not saying I was unhappy when I went and did meditation and I, this whole phase of my life, and it lasted a few years, mind you. Okay. It's not easy to go for a, you know, nine-day vow, silence, and igat puri. I I do a not lot easy. of these retreats. Yeah. I totally understand. It is challenging at so many levels. You've got to leave work and and actually spend time on yourself. Yes. You know, and you could argue that, hey, you've done that in the past. Why don't you yearn to do it right now? Yeah. I do sometimes. but i've realized this is the way it is you know instead of trying to mold life to the way i want it to be i want to now i feel this is the phase where i need to react to what's happening and at the same time keep innovating you know like you said it might be disconcerting because people say yahan tak to pahunch gaya yaar abhi aaram karo right uh, this is a generic idea people really want to achieve and become successful so that they can take a break and they do nothing and here you are the more you achieve more you explore you want to go to the next level and explore new things all the time okay. yeah people are turning around and saying oh my god this is a time for pausing and reflection i'm busier than i ever was before <laughs> because i don't have to for example if if i've called you to have a conversation with you right or i've called abhishek bachchan or amit sad i don't have to wait for 3 and 1/2 hours for them to come to parel right so to do that interview true. i'm achieving more i'm knocking out 5 6 a day you know uh doing what you are doing which is having conversations on on software people are more uh, receptive and they have more time to come on you know so i'm busier than ever before also because very early on in my life i have a fully functional audio studio at home so even before this whole lockdown hit you were already i was already all prepared i was already ready when they said you know guys it's going to be work from home what all the other radio was like what are kahan se mic laaye kahan se sound box laaye right kahan se i said dude i'm all sorted tell me when from tomorrow today <laughs> so I, because i was I, i realized very early on that 
I have a five-hour daily program, Aditi, on wow. the radio from seven to twelve. Yeah. Five full hours. Five I mean, hours. I don't talk continuously for five hours huh? because it's not full talk radio. I play songs in between, but it's still it's a five-hour shift. You know, I can't just say I'll go away for one hour and come back. <laughs> I have to be there. And, and then I realized fully being present and and delivering is and so many other other hours of preparing for that, isn't it? Present is the word. Present is the word. So yeah, and then you know after that, if I was to go to five different places to do super and kitchen cards, yada sefer, or denim for the man who doesn't have to try too hard, and you know things like that, then I'm going to run out of steam. So right. I said, fine, you know I'm not making truckloads of money, but whatever little money I'm making, I will invest back into trying getting the right audio boxes, processors, sound booths, uh, MacBook Pros, microphones. Uh, and I did that, you know, and, uh, you know, touch wood, the voiceovers continued happening from home. Right. And then all I needed to do was load a new software for uh, the radio, not a new one. I mean, in the sense it was there in the radio station, mm-hmm. I had to load it here. And I'm just synced uh, to a central server and boom, you know, the show goes live 7 a.m. till 12 noon right here from my study. So, yeah, innovating, not breathing right now. Congratulations <laughs> on that one. My God, this is so amazing because most people, what they're struggling with at this point in time is not having their occupation the way they knew it. And here you are already ready. Blessed, blessed, blessed. blessed. You're right. You know, there's there's somebody from who, a couple of people who were friends who work for streaming services. Yeah. And they were like, dude, all the A-list, B-list actors are calling us for podcasts. Right. Because they've realized that they can't go out and shoot during the pandemic. And they have to do you know, something. And, uh, you know, podcasting is one thing that you can do from home, from the confines of your house. Right. And we're getting calls. And obviously, I don't want to take names here. But these are all mainstream stars who are turning around and saying, and I have no problem with that. You know, everybody should explore this beautiful world of podcasting that you are involved with, Aditi. Mm -hmm. But my only problem is don't do it for four weeks and say, oh, once the lockdown is over, I'm going to go back to my day job and I'm going to go back to shooting. You know, then you leave your listener hanging on because after four or five episodes, they're expecting more. They're yearning for more. So do it if your heart is in it and do, you know, do it for weeks and weeks and months and months. If you're saying, I will take my gear to shoots and even on location, I'll come back into my hotel room and and I will bang out an episode more part to you. But to say, I just want to do it now because I want to make an extra buck. That's not the way I, I go through life. You know, I actually feel, I believe a lot in the audio medium because it gives you the space to imagine. And the reason why we thought we should analyze handwriting, which is such a visual thing on an audio medium, because we felt that gives you the space and breather to ponder and think about your own self. And if you have someone's face in front of you, and if if I'm showing you a stroke, then you're so engaged with it. And you are not doing the introspection, which is the main part of a conversation like this. While, while hearing your journey, we all are thinking about our own journeys and where we explored. And that is so beautiful. I think, I think power to you, Rishikesh. So beautiful that you are totally exploring this and committed to do that. Thank you. You know, a part of you that very few people are aware of, like as a person, you are very, very engaged and highly intense when you do anything. But a part of you where you are a highly emotional person. When you are engaged with something, you also get affected by it or you get passionate or upset about it when things don't go the way you have envisaged them because it matters to you. And when people do not deliver the way they promised or the way they they thought they could in the initial conversation, you really, really feel upset. And I'm saying I'm using the word upset because it bothers you. It matters a lot which definitely creates a lot of misunderstanding with people because they wonder, why are you so high-strung about it? You're high-strung because you are invested. You're high-strung because you are really, really giving your heart and soul to every project and every every idea that matters to you. I wouldn't say every project, but every idea that you take up as your baby, you're all there. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is so on point. I don't know. You think that's a good thing? You think that's a good thing? So I feel that's that's a good thing for your connection with your work, definitely. But def- people do not understand your internal journey. 
so i would highly recommend that you have to find ways in which you can translate this experience for them to understand it because mostly they don't understand your priority and they struggle with it and they're not trying to dismiss your emotions which actually is how you feel how you experience that that interaction they're not trying to dismiss what you're experiencing but they do not know the language that you speak they do not understand this high intensity involvement and commitment and which becomes a challenge yeah i mean i look at all these guys and uh, bureaucrats and politicians have mastered it haven't they mm-hmm. they have so much therao kuch bhi ho jaye aaj se tai ho jaye duniya pandemic aa jaye log mar rahe hain bechare but if you see bureaucrats and and politicians have that ho raha hai i don't know about therao i also feel pretense i feel you know yeah whatever you yeah. know and and uh, and you sometimes look at them and say why can't i also you know take it you know flow like this and just be still but, but lucky you because pretentious stillness is no of, of no use to anybody lucky you that you cannot do this and that's what makes you so intense with what you do probably what we have to strive for here is actual stillness because the what 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 politicians or celebrities do is they they behave as if they're not getting affected when they are whereas there are some people and i'm sure you have met some of them who really can hold their calm ground even when things are going off now that journey though it is a difficult one is what one should strive for because this is where the self exploration happens and i must say this and i i know it's our initial conversation we are speaking for the first time but i'm going to take a liberty and make this comment i feel last few years because you're not getting that intensity and involvement into things or if you don't as you're not feeling that uh that satisfaction that you felt by experiencing the moments which were eureka moments for you you are distancing yourself you are doing things but the journey is more internal you're busy you're occupied you're doing whatever is required of you but there is a part of you which is definitely looking for i would not say higher experience but more intense experience and i know you're already doing high intensity work but you know it is not about how in, how intense your life is it is about what you expect from it and you want to take it to the next level and this is what i think definitely see so kya baat hai yaar tum to kamal ho thank you thank you tumko to matlab you should be elevated <laughs> to and kept on a pedestal oh, wonderful i mean i just think that you're very intuitive and obviously my you know you're you're trained to understand emotions from the writing but yeah a lot of actually all of what you've said is so on point there's no there's no two ways about it so what is the solution now are you saying that i need to find time to meditate <laughs> no actually actually it may sound like that so what you did is you took meditation and you went to the deepest end of it and you jumped okay. there and you realized that is not for you and that's not for me yeah now when you are completely functional there are some meditative practices that can create the balance because as a person though you master communication and you love you know playing with words and the impact they create as a person you are definitely and i would not call you an introvert but you are driven by internal exploration and that matters to you if you uh, listen to a song or as we were, as we began the conversation when you read a poetry you literally go in the nuances of it and if you can't savor that if you can't go to the depth of it then you do not feel energized by it and that is very introvertish trait i would not call you an introvert but introvertish trait for sure so uh, anything that can get you to explore the the deeper parts of you will be really helpful because right now that part the balancing part the yeah. other side is not being explored and you're being externally driven and you know no matter how strong you go in that journey it is not giving you the depth and the depth will only come from you exploring yourself yeah but you know the shorter form i you know people say do this 5 minute ka 6 minute ka ye wo it doesn't work for me you know i need to do those long sessions and i don't have time for the long sessions so you're right maybe i need to look for it and then not be so hard on myself and say ke isme bhi itna matlab doob jana hai you know meditation mein my meditation teacher once told me that uh, doing meditation is like going to an atm and withdrawing money and when you go out and buy things and shop around you require that cash to spend but if you don't have that cash 
even if you keep spending, you'll only spend on credit and, you know, one day you have to pay. And that day, if you don't have the wherewithal to do it, you feel exhausted. So it's an everyday practice. So 20 minutes a day, not probably, not five minutes for sure. I haven't come across a five minutes quick thing. Uh, I am not a big believer of app meditation, but what is the technique you have if you go like 20 minutes or half an hour, that would really help. Because right now, you know, it's a strong statement I'm making and I'm aware of it, but there is a part of you that is running out of steam to constantly give, give, give without recharging. And that recharge mechanism, if not meditation, something else. We do that through graphotherapy. We do that through different ways of, of going about. But you do require recharging for sure. We can't avoid it. So what solution? We probably require the best possible solution. You know, some people find it in exercising. Some people find it in really uh, listening to music or spending time by themselves gardening. Right now, I'm finding it in food, which is not a very good thing. Sab kaam khatam ho jata hai, raat ke deer baje. Or you go and raid the fridge, which is, you know, which is terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. when all else fails, there's food. That's, that's always, wrong. always, always. So, Rishike, what would be, over to you, I want to ask you this question. Which is your favorite failure? My favorite failure. Uh, two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they happened very, very early in my life. Okay. Um, actually, there have been so many, but anyway. So mm-hmm. I was part of a, a, a reality show and I've never talked about this. I've, it's just head in, my, in the recesses of our mind okay. for a sports channel. Okay. They were looking for a sports presenter. Right. And I was the only guy who had the kind of experience that I did. I'd already started, uh, this is, uh, you know, the early 2000s. I'd already had a few years of radio behind me. All the other participants looked up at me and said, wow, man, you know, this guy's going to win. And sure enough, I made it to the final. How old were you? Uh, Good question. Uh, This was 2001. Yeah, so I I must have been in my 20s. Okay. And uh, everybody expected me to win. I worked really hard. I was so passionate about sport. Um, and I, I really fe- felt that was the next phase of my life. Right. You know, I can continue doing radio and I could present sports programs right. on the TV. Wow. You know, like the Harsha Bogles and the Charu Sharmas and all these people that, you know, the non-cricketers who right. do sport. Yeah. And I reached the final and uh, there was a malfunction in the the video teleprompter in the sense that it wasn't really a teleprompter. How do I explain it? So what happens in news broadcasting sometimes is you cut to a visual feed. For example, if I say, uh, you know, hey, we caught up with Harbhajan Singh and uh, here's Harbhajan Singh at the Nets practicing. Harbhajan Singh ka video bajna Right. That's what sports broadcasters do. Right. And that didn't come on, you know, and that kind of threw me off for a second. Okay. Um, It turned out to be a technical glitch. And they said, they said, okay, fine, let's do this again. So I said, okay. And this time around, they actually stopped the video because they wanted to see how I react. But I thought it was a technical glitch all over again. So it's like you and me are recording, Aditi. Yeah. And a technical glitch happens and you say, oh, I'm sorry, Rishi, there's a technical glitch, let me do it again. Right. And the second time around, there is no technical glitch, but you stop the recording. Right. So I also stop saying, hey, it's, you stopped again, you know? Hmm. And they say, no, we purposely stopped it this time because when you're on a live broadcast, you can't. what what happens if your feed goes off? Whatever you might be doing, you know, whether right. it's county cricket or IPL or whatever it is. Right. Uh, at that time, there was no IPL. I'm just saying the, the example they gave me, the Olympics or whatever. So um, they wanted to see how I react to that situation, but I thought it was just a malfunction again. And that was heartbreaking because, you know, the guy who eventually went on to win it, then got to go to see Singapore, work with a sports broadcasting network, uh, you know, experience the joy of talking to all these sports people uh, and things like that. So it, it took a, a long time to get uh, And why is you know, your favorite one? Like what, what did you learn from it? I learned that no matter how hard you try 
and how much you're invested in something, there will be certain circumstances that are out of your control. Right. And you try not to blame. The problem is that we are constantly trying to blame circumstances and feel sorry for ourselves and angry. So that's something I learned very early on. Uh, and then, great lesson to, to have as in the beginning of your career. Beginning of my career. And then um, I had a, a very steamy fight with somebody who owned a radio station. I mean, he had hired me and we had started broadcasting. I was really invested in him because uh, when private radio started in this country, all the big guys, hmm. which is the massive radio networks, all came to me and they wanted to hire me. But I went with a small guy, a small player. It wasn't even as big as these guys. Subsequently, unfortunately, that radio station shut down. And, uh, you know, I said, because I believed in his passion and in his, and his vision. Right. And again, you know, the folly of youth. It so happened that I was not there at a meeting and he said something very obnoxious about me. Mm. And uh, I made the mistake of bringing it up at a party and we got into a really, really heavy argument, you know. Okay. And then he woke up next day in the morning and I woke up the next day in the morning and he said, we should part ways. Um, and he was obviously the owner of the radio station mm. and he could get away with saying whatever he wanted to. I learned very early on that, you know, uh, people in power mm. and people who occupy important chairs, there's a way of dealing with them. Mm. And the way of dealing with them is not to scream, shout, yell even if they are screaming, shouting and yelling. You make your point in a stern manner if you feel you're being mistreated or ill-treated yes. and you move on. Mm-hmm. But I indulged in, in uh, you know, a yeah, verbal experience. Uh, you know, I indulged in some kind of, of, uh, of violence or unrest, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is something I learned early on. And how beautiful then, you're saying this. You're saying that it is not about what happened or what I did, but it's the yeah. internal journey where I allowed myself to indulge, which yeah, is yeah. the cause of this challenge. I mean, right. so, you know, if you again say, and, and you know, parties are wrong places to bring it up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, another thing you need to understand is you need to, you know, have a closed door meeting with somebody. Right. You know, you don't bring it up in a public place, in a, in a party and, you know, let things get out of control. Yeah. I mean, even though in that party, I said, you know, let's move away and start yeah. talking. But then, you know, it's just the wrong place. So there's got to be a time and place for resolving arguments or discussions. Yeah. So often life can throw you into circumstances which have nothing to do with you. Yeah. Nothing at all to do with you. Yeah. And that's the time when you've got to take a strong stand. And my stand was standing ground from one incident, the other not to overreact. And there's a time and place for everything. Mm. And of course, the first one is there are situations or circumstances beyond your control. And you've got to stop playing the blame game and you've got to stop feeling sorry for yourself or angry at those circumstances. Thank you so much. It was so vulnerable and so raw if I may say you know as as is and that's so beautiful thank you so much I know for many people it's so tough to share such deep experiences yes it is and it's done (laughs) (laughs) so Rishikesh last question for you what is your your favorite go-to mantra or quote or statement that you remind yourself of when you are in situations like these oh wow the gentle and the mild shall inherit the earth. Wow. That's so beautiful. Wow. The gentle and the mild shall inherit the earth. Every time I'm wronged, I'm pained, and I want to react and give back, I say the gentle and the mild shall inherit the earth. It's a struggle, um, but I managed to do it. You know, I don't remember the last time when I completely lost my cool and yelled or screamed at anybody professionally or otherwise. Uh, so, I, you know, life is a work in progress, Aditi. You know that better than anybody else. You learn your lessons and you go on. So, yeah, the gentle and the mild shall inherit the earth. One thing I do need improvement on, and, you know, if you are able to help, please, I'm all ears, yeah. is forgiveness. 
They say that the route to true happiness and bliss is forgiveness and true forgiveness. If you hurt me, I find it very difficult to forgive you. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. Not for the other person. Sure, who cares about the other person? Yeah. <laughs> the other person who's hurt you. Yeah. Because they obviously don't care about you and they're heartless. You know? But uh, I wish I, 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 was, I was able to forgive more. What do you make out from my handwriting on that? So I feel uh, forgiveness comes from a space of having clarity. You know, most of the time it is not about forgiving the other person. But we constantly carry around the burning coal. Probably the statement was one statement and not necessarily because the person is heartless, but probably because that time the, that person was hurt and that person lands up saying something that is really hurtful for you. I mean, no, no, sometimes they just do it out of spite. <laughs> sometimes there's that's no true. cause. I just see these people and they just like being nasty. They, des- they derive some kind of, of evil ple- pleasure. And yeah, I'm sure you've come across people like that. Of course. And, you know, my point to that, and every time it happens that somebody wants to put you down because they are insecure and they are dealing with all their emotions. I have this small principle, Rishikesh. I feel if something is on my plate, if somebody is behaving in this manner or some, some situation is put on my table, how I deal with it in that case, and I, I believe that one needs to work at changing the world in a gentle manner. I feel... It's up to me how to deal with it. And my ability or my my choice to respond to the situation is about how I look at it. It's not about the other person at all. You know, at the end of the day, when I sit back and I look at all the situations, I'm going to remember how I reacted, not how that person dealt with it. You know, we remember so many heartbreaks. We remember so many challenges. We only remember what was hurting, what was bothering, what was really troubling us when we dealt with that situation. And that story to my mind is very, very important. So every time I have gone through an emotional journey and felt I was wronged or people were not respectful, I come back and I ask myself, what story do I want to tell myself eventually? And in that moment, it's really tough. You want to blame, you want to fight, you want to really, really be as nasty as these people are. But then that part of you, which has that commitment, you know how, how you said I would show up no matter what. I would pop a pill, I would do whatever it takes, but I would show up because I it matters to me. Similarly, I feel it is showing up to your own emotional journey. So no matter what people throw on your table, how you deal with it remains fundamentally your processing, your interaction, your choices and your responsibility in your internal world, not external world. I feel at times you require tact to deal with outside world. But it is a part of it. It is a small part of how the whole thing interacts with ourselves. So when you cannot forgive, and for all our listeners also, when you're struggling to forgive somebody, you know, we have to go down and find out what is exactly hurting still. And if it is hurting, that means we don't have enough tools, mechanisms, ways, perspectives to look at that situation. And that's why it hurts so deeply. And the very moment we change our perspective, the situation remains. We cannot change people. And that's my favorite belief. I believe everybody who wants to change, they can change when they decide, but you can never change anybody. So if we can't change them, the only choice we have is to build our mechanisms to deal with our life in a gentle manner. Interesting. And you know, also what happens is when you tend to forgive people, there's a, one of the biggest fears is they will come back and hurt you again. Yes. With new people, you at least don't have that fear because your relationship is not dictated by a past pain or past hurt. My my problem with forgiveness also is the fear of this person will do this again to me. That skepticism. So then, you know, then what I do is I say instead of diving into that and constantly having that in the back of my mind, saying, will this person do this to me again? It's better to just maintain distance and, you know, just cut away. So, you know, why forgive at all? But it is exactly how we would look at uh, learning curves. You know, how you master learning curves. So emotions also have learning curves. So because we did not know how to deal with this particular person, or if you look at, if you remove the personality, and, you know, I do that a lot looking at the traits. So if I remove the personality and if I look at the, the trait box that is talking to me, what trait is bothering me the most? And that trait, and you would have seen this, we keep repeating the lessons in different shapes and different people and different situations if we don't have a resolve for it. 
So if one person's particular attitude gets to you, you'll find different people who come and press the exact trigger that otherwise you're trying to avoid. You don't want anybody to press that red button and somehow somebody sneaks in and figures a way to press that button and then you experience the same thing. Now, going back to the point I was making, if we know how to deal with it once, if you know how to face the the mic or camera once, you know, it might be very difficult initially, but once you hack it, you have the hack and no matter whether that person shows up or other people with same trait shows up, show up, you know how to deal with it because you have hacked the emotional learning curve, which to us is very, very important. But we, we are not taught this. It's not that we do not learn. We are not taught this how to do it. And that's why we constantly keep avoiding the situations we cannot tackle. So I feel every person who gets to you is a, is a learning opportunity to look at what, what else do you require to still work on. Good. You must send me this podcast so I keep listening to it. I will. I will send it to you. And, and I think I really loved some parts of our conversation so much where you, you know, so many times people when we, when I really want to go deep and speak about certain aspects, people back off because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And you right. kept on giving me the space to explore it and, you know, dive deeper. That's, that's beautiful. I, I thank you so much. Thank you. If I, if I could, if I could uh, veer this conversation towards very purely material uh, uh, directions. And if you would allow me to ask about future, I would ask you a question <laughs> the whole world will ask you. When are we going to make money, Aditi? <laughs> I think this is some some sort of challenge that we are supposed to, you know, as I and figure our way, like, you know, all the things that we thought came so easy are taken yeah. away. So challenge, next one year, full challenge is what I think, not predicting based on any writing, just preparing myself for every day. One year you deal with it. But you know, I also feel uh, for me, last four months have been extremely busy. I've never worked this hard ever. And I feel this has been the most beautiful journey in my professional career and most satisfying. And I feel, I wish I would have done this before. Sure. Yeah, you know, because you, you always turn around and say, I'm working harder than ever before, but you're not, you're not seeing the results in monetary terms. So I'm sure you also go through that phase saying, my God, I'm working so hard. So then you have to shift focus and say, fine, you know, I, I might not be making, you know, tons of money hmm. materially, but you know, the learnings and the, the input, the life lessons are far more than money can buy. True. And I think money requires its own calculation. But we cannot sit and calculate exactly what you can do to get that exact amount, you know, especially in creative professions and even in anything in life. So if we keep these two ideas independent and if you say, okay, I require money and this is what my calculation looks like and I require to take care of all these responsibilities. At the same time, when I'm working or when I'm into the process, I keep that thought aside and like, okay, now I'm here and I'm going to give it my best you know, and not allow these thoughts to intermingle. I feel that is really, really important. And we, most of us struggle to do that. We just mix it and we make it like one big chunk, which becomes very difficult to then dissect and, and separate. So I feel that's important. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, this is fun. And you know, normally what happens is with an handwriting analysis, you think that people will turn around and say, you know, you're obsessed with your past, obsessed with your future. <laughs> you know, you read these books where people say, if you're uh, uh, writing slants to this direction, yes. you're obsessed with your past. <laughs> if you're writing slants to that direction, yes. you know, you're worried about the future. Yeah. So I thought you'd start with that. Why didn't you end with that? <laughs> <laughs> Look at my handwriting and say, am I stuck in the past? Am I stuck in the future? Or am I you know, creating present moment awareness? You know, I feel I celebrate like journeys and I love stories and I love people for all, all the, the broken pieces that we bring in uh, as an experience. And I, I wanted to showcase that. And that is the attempt. You know, I feel all the broken pieces are so beautiful. Only we, only if we actually accept and we start celebrating those parts. And that is the attempt. You know, the, the show is slightly offbeat in that sense because we wanted to create the space of acceptance, space of being gentle, as you said, and not judging, you know, we don't want at any point uh, people to use these tools to label themselves further because we already have so many labels to go around. So the idea is to look like really uh, 
figure the deeper parts which are so beautiful and so amazing thank you so much this was so nice thank cheers. you cheers take care yeah okay. bye bye gentle and mild will inherit the earth that's so powerful in many situations we all wish to choose gentleness and calmness but we land up reacting in a habitual manner we defend we attack we resent we become egoistic as if it's all happening without any choice in my observation people who know how to respond without giving in to their natural and habitual reactions really know how to do relationships very well let's talk about this reaction versus respond kind of topic on our friday short episode thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of absolutely right i'm keen to know what were your takeaways from this conversation with rishikesh what small action will you be taking today to improve something in your life do share your experience and send your questions to me on my instagram handle at aditi surana If you like this podcast then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. Hi guys, this is Ayushi and I am Ritasha. and welcome to agla station adulthood it's a fun podcast we've got going on and we'd love for you to tune in and enjoy with us join us as we stop at various stations and discuss different topics that seem to be bothering us and hopefully you as well dating relationships beauty just being an adult lots of different things we don't have a great grip on it but we've done okay so far Catch Agla Station Adulthood every Thursday on the IBM app, the IBM website or wherever else you get your podcasts. Times have you motivated yourself to improve your sleep or lose weight or be more productive? How many times have you failed? Hi, my name is Ashtin Doctor. Tune into my show The Habit Coach Podcast where we focus on creating small tiny habits to improve your life. instead of those big impossible tasks so make listening to me a habit every monday wednesday and friday on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com or on your favorite podcasting app